0: An intro to the intro of today's episode because I just wanted to say a big thank you to my beautiful friend Pasha, um, aka Meta Man, who made the introduction, the new introduction to my podcast, the song that you just heard. Um, I will play it in its entirety at the end of every episode. I love it so much. I'm so honored to play his tune at the start of my podcast. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. So I'm super stoked about that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pasha. Hello, humans. Welcome to episode five of the Becoming Fully Human podcast. Today's episode is a one-on-one and the subject is going to revolve around uh women's issues women's health um things that pertain to women in general and i hope that there's also men listening because well firstly because men have um, both masculine and feminine energies inside of them so some questions will directly address things that you as a man may also be experiencing. But more importantly, because men play a very important role in supporting women and in allowing the feminine to flow with life, Um, the masculine being much more linear and um, driven and stable, whereas the feminine naturally more cyclical, flowing, and in need of support. So, whether you are a man or a woman, or whether you identify as whatever you identify with, I hope that some of these questions bring you insight into your own state of well being or inspire you to support someone in your life who may benefit from the information. Let's dive in. So, question number one is what is the best best method of birth control? Um, So I will start by saying that it really depends on you and that at the end of the day, I don't believe any method is innately good or bad, but it's important to understand that every action has a consequence and that for the most part, we're not being given the full story when it comes to our birth control options and the impact that they are going to have on our health short and long term. So as someone who has been on hormonal, hormonal birth control, the pill specifically for many years when I was younger, I can confidently say that I wish I never was put on birth control, um, that I never agreed to it consensually because I was never given the full story to even have the ability to make informed consent, especially as a young person in my early teens. uh, You go to the doctor and you're learning about birth control. You want to be safe. You want to be smart. And the biggest fear that is instilled upon us as women by society is pregnancy. And so pregnancy is bad if you don't want to have a baby yet. Um, And any method is essentially bestowed on you as this like savior from um, the bad thing, which is falling pregnant. And it's simply not true because pregnancy is a side effect of sex, but there are a lot of other side effects from methods of birth control that are very unfavorable short term and long term and so I'm not going to get too into that Um, there's a lot of information available online and I suggest working with someone actually to teach the my preferred method of birth control which is called um, it's the symptothermal method of essentially charting your menstrual cycle and which requires daily uh, tracking of your of your cycle. So you take your temperature, you track your cervical fluid, and you can optionally also um, feel for your cervix positioning. And yeah, I'm not. It's actually quite. I think it's a little bit reckless to. Learn via a podcast or via an article. I do have an article that explains the basis, but I also have a lot of links in that article to books, including uh, Tony Walshler's Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Um, I really suggest working with a holistic reproductive healthcare practitioner, an HRHP certified in the Justice method, which teaches you how to chart properly. Invest invest, invest in this method if you wanna learn properly because used appropriately has actually better um, percentage of of efficacy than condoms. Um, So I suggest learning how to chart your menstrual cycle because there's no side effects and you can use either abstinence or a barrier method like a condom during your fertile window. Um, yeah I'll leave it at that I think um, chart your site like whether or not you want to use uh, body literacy as a way to prevent or conceive a child it's it's like a secret language actually that I only learned to age 25 and it should be taught to women as soon as they have their first bleed because it's like a superpower it actually it's related to the next question I can just flow into that straight away the the second question is how to balance hormones slash regulate painful periods you have to learn to communicate with your body um health isn't bestowed upon you by a medical practitioner or a naturopath or any sort of specialist it comes from within and all these practitioners can act as mirrors or as guides but ultimately you have to know your body and you have to learn to communicate with your body and so body literacy is this umbrella subject like it's basically it's learning the language of your body and for women it's learning about your hormonal cycles uh, it's following your menstrual cycle. It's knowing which phase of your menstrual cycle you're in. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll use this platform to like get into them too deeply because the information is is best uh, explored really in depth, not kind of glazing over it. If you want it to work effectively, which if you're gonna dive in, you definitely do. Uh, yeah, learn learn the method. Um, the justice method, as far as I can tell in my studies, I, I studied a year of the justice method at the Justice school. Um, it's not necessary to go that deep, but working with a practitioner who is certified in the method definitely is. And yeah back to the question how to balance hormones and regulate painful periods like periods are not meant to be painful period no pun intended, um, there should be no bloating, there should be no pain, there should be no mood swings, these are all things that we have normalized as a society because they're so common, but they are not normal, um, once you understand what you're, they're essentially information, they're your body communicating to you saying, hey something's off, and your period is a monthly report card, it's the fifth vital sign, it's, complete gift from above on another way to check in another way to check in with your body and see what's working and what's not working and every single month you get to hit the reset button and try again and tailor your diet your lifestyle uh, tweak your sleeping habits uh, manage your stress uh, reevaluate your relationships and your, yeah, your overall lifestyle to see what is working and what isn't working. And so medicine, when it comes to balancing hormones and regulating period stuff, well, first of all, I'm going to say that hormonal birth control does not regulate anything. Um, It can give you a very regular bleed but actually that bleed is not a real menstrual bleed because for you to menstruate you have to ovulate and when you're on uh, hormonal hormonal birth control you're not ovulating so you're not actually bleeding the bleed was added in as a marketing tool to make women feel like uh, the pill is more natural it's absolutely not natural and it disconnects you from your divine feminine intuition and it can alleviate symptoms but what it's doing is it's suppressing them it's not fixing anything so if you're interested in actually thriving in this lifetime you don't want to just suppress your symptoms because you're going to come off the pill at some point especially if you uh, plan on having children and you'll be flooded with all those problems oftentimes worse so medicine even natural medicine even if you're um look some naturopaths get it Um, many don't many naturopaths use herbs in the same way that medical doctors use pharmaceutical drugs as ways to suppress symptoms and so have that awareness when you're working with someone that they're actually helping you heal the root problem of your ailments. Um, if it's an irregular or a painful period, understand what methods your practitioner is bestowing on you and how long they plan to have you on that that herb, that drug, that you know, whatever. So, for example, if you're being prescribed the pill. And this is so common. A doctor will say, oh, your period's irregular? Just go on the pill, it'll be regular. So your question to your doctor is, okay, cool. At what point will I be able to come off the pill um, and have a regular period? Like, is the method that you're being given a bridge or is it a Band-Aid? If it's a bridge, then there's an end in sight for whatever pill... uh, root, flower, whatever you're being uh, prescribed, it's a bridge. It means that it's actually helping address the underlying, um, dis-ease that is causing your symptoms. If the solution is never ending, like a statin drug, you're being, you know, you told you have high cholesterol, you're being put on a statin and you have to stay on it for the rest of your life. That's not a solution. Um, and there's always a solution. The, we'll derail for a quick second. The solution is always going to be psychosomatic, in my opinion. Uh, we are a mind, we're a body, and we're a soul. And all those three things come together to generate our human health. And so oftentimes, um, the physical ailment is the tip of the iceberg when the psychosomatic, the emotional body, is like that big underlying part of the iceberg that is actually... Causing the majority of our issues, and there are some incredible teachers and practitioners that really do understand both sides of that coin. Um, ultimately, you are going to have to help guide the practitioner in that in that way because you know your whole story when it comes to hormonal things, uh, menstruation. Hormonal imbalances, like our hormones, are so deeply connected to the feminine body, which is our emotions and our heart and our relationships. And so, so like so often, uh, women will, for example, have very painful periods and then end a, end a relationship with a romantic partner that was unhealthy, codependent toxic in any way really and their menstrual pain will go away so without any other lifestyle changes so stress in the physical sense but also the emotional sense stress in general actually physical being like chemical stress Um, too much physical exertion too much exercise is super common these days or emotional Managing stress is massive. Yeah, it's it's multifaceted. There's a lot going on with our hormones. Um, part of it's physical, a lot of it's emotional and mental. And so, body literacy is a non-negotiable tool to get to know where you're at and honor your body and and to understand that there is a, a shift throughout the month. Like we um, ebb and flow like the moon, actually. The moon has its four cycles, and so do women every month. And there are periods of the month where your body will soften, for example. Um, But when you learn to work with your body, there's no actual downside to any of these four phases. You learn to dance with your body and honor that during some periods, there's more energy, there's more clarity, more drive. And Other periods, you're more introspective, more quiet, more introverted, and you need more food and more rest. When you understand this shift in your body, you can learn to honor it and plan your life around it, which is not so easy in today's mainstream society because the society as a whole is very masculine, you know, operating on seven days a week. Uh, monthly yearly calendars 24 hour like circadian as opposed to uh, our female infradian rhythms which is the monthly flow but the more you understand yourself the more you can start to stand up for the feminine inside of you that needs to be honored and the more you can ask the men and women in your life to honor your cyclical needs. So, without the awareness, there's no way of uh, shifting the society that we live in. And so, it starts with you understand your body, understand your needs, and start to honor them in your day to day life. Question was just a general, like, top tips for women's health. I think I already touched on some of them in the first two questions definitely for me quitting hormonal birth control is a non-negotiable um my life completely transformed when i stopped that uh you can start tapping into your uh, female intuition which is like a superpower that you have that is completely stunted with the pill Um, And with tap water, point two is quit tap water. It's just not not meant for human consumption. If your tap water is chemically treated with chlorine, with fluoride, um, it's not for human consumption. So better options are a proper filter that filters out fluoride and the pharmaceutical runoff, the heavy metals, and the chlorine. Uh, Ideally, you want to just be drinking spring water. If you can collect your own, that's like the best, but it's not often available to many people. There are spring water delivery companies that are great. Um, You want to avoid plastic bottles like a lot of the companies that deliver spring water deliver in plastic, those big like 18-liter jugs, which actually aren't the worst because the water is uh, put into them and delivered straight to you. It doesn't sit in the plastic. So the the biggest issue with plastic is when water sits in the bottle for a long time and it goes through different temperature shifts, so high temps in a storage facility, in the back of a truck, um uh, outside a cafe, sits in pallets. Anytime plastic gets hot or cold, it uh, disintegrates a bit, and then all the chemicals from the plastic leach into the water, and then you're drinking uh, that chemical shitstorm. So, most bottles are actually filled while still hot, while the plastic is still hot. So, no matter what, when you're consuming those like very uh, like the plastic water bottles that kind of crunch up, you're consuming. Shitloads of toxins, which are endocrine disruptors, which lead to hormonal imbalances and cancer and lots of things that you probably don't want in your life. So avoid that. But yeah, water quality is massive. Um, the third point is a balanced blood sugar and being mindful of your diet, understanding what works for you. Diet it's such a huge topic but it's actually so simple when it comes down to it eat whole foods and eat a balanced diet um, organic food to me is, is so important actually the, the word organic almost means nothing these days it does mean something but any, any word that becomes a bit of a buzzword becomes corrupted And so the word organic alone doesn't mean enough to know what the quality of your food is. There are organic herbicides and pesticides that are used. So in principle, organic means not sprayed with toxic chemicals, which is a great start. But if you're looking for quality of food, what you really want to inquire is, is your food grown regeneratively or not? So the quality of your soil and the honoring of the entire ecosystem is what makes food regenerative. And that means that your food is grown in nutrient-dense soil. It means that your food is loaded with the kind of vitamins and minerals that you need to thrive. So quality of food is important. And then the way that you eat food prepared um, in more ancestral ways, like sprouting, soaking, and fermenting. I have an entire article on that on my website as well. Um, at becomingfullyhuman.ca and yeah balancing your blood sugar which is essentially mindful consumption of macronutrients so there's three macronutrients fat, protein, and carbohydrates and none of them are good or bad actually any of them can be bad consumed in um, inappropriate quantities so when it comes to blood sugar We have a hormonal response of insulin when we consume sugar or glucose as it is converted in the body. And if you're chronically consuming sugar, even natural sugar, like you can have a baked sweet potato, but if you're having only sugar uh, day in and day out, it dulls the glucose response and so can lead to insulin resistance. And insulin resistance, I mean... its extreme is diabetes but there are so many different types of metabolic syndrome especially that affect women pcos being a major one um where we no longer have the ability to process glucose the way that our body is meant to so that can lead to so many different things from weight gain to visceral fat, visceral fat is actually more dangerous, it's the kind that you can't see but it coats your organs Um, it can lead to anxiety, to mood uh, disorders, to depression it can dramatically influence sleep quality Um, yeah, balanced blood sugar is super important, so the way to do that is basically just don't have sugar by itself, if you're already insulin resistant you want to quit added sugars altogether for a while as a bridge because once you cultivate insulin resistance and your body starts operating and interacting with sugar the way that it's meant to you can re-add things like honey mindfully um i suggest never having actually refined sugars like the society that we live in is Pushing a lot of sugars like coconut sugar and maple syrup, and you know, as paleo in air quotes, paleo sugars. Um, they're still sugar, so anything that contains glucose is going to create an insulin response. And if your insulin response is weak, just pull all the added sugars for a while. Stick to the sugars that come from vegetables and fruits, and even fruits, be a little bit mindful. That some fruits like papaya, bananas, um, dried fruit is really high glycemic index. So stick to lower glycemic fruit to start like apples and berries and um, and avoid juices, fruit juices. You're removing the fiber. Fiber helps um, lower the glycemic response. So stick to whole food sugars like vegetables and fruits and you want to just balance that out with protein and fat um, i am pretty vehemently against veganism and even vegetarianism is is a path that is going to take a toll on your physical body so some people follow these lifestyles for spiritual reasons which is um It becomes quite complicated because you can definitely make advancements in a spiritual path at the expense of your physical body. And if that's what you choose for this lifetime, go for it. But be mindful that if physical health is something that you're pursuing, Animal fats and animal proteins are non-negotiable. So the fat-soluble vitamins that you find in animal fats—vitamins A, D, E, and K—you um, can't find them in bioavailable quantities to humans in plants. It's—it's an—it comes from animals. And same with the proteins. To consume complete proteins, need to be consumed. You need to be consuming animal meat and quality is absolutely paramount not only for ethical reasons but as above so below if you're caring for the animal's welfare you're caring for the ecosystem you're caring for the community that you live in and you're caring for your own physical health because the quality of the meat is a hundred percent dependent on the lifestyle and the food the diet And the happiness that the animal led. Like you are consuming that energy. So investing in absolutely the best quality. I'm talking regeneratively, pasture raised. um, If it's a ruminant, 100% grass finished. Get to know your farmers. There's no other way, really. You need to know who's farming your fruit and vegetables, who's farming your meat. It's not that hard to start asking questions. I actually have an article on this as well um, under the Regenerative Agriculture tab on my website. There's a long list at the bottom of the article of questions that you can ask your food providers, whether it's at a supermarket or at the farmer's market or contacting the producers directly. Anyways, get to know that. That's important and what else oh still under the umbrella of question three top tip top tips for women's health is uh, protect your energy as women we are often people pleasers i think that speaking from experience many of us give away our power to other people in terms of self-worth We seek validation from other people to let us know that we're lovable and safe and worthy. And your worth is innate. And so learning to say no is a direct reflection of your self-worth. It's learning to set boundaries. It is getting really good at examining who makes you feel small unworthy and unlovable and then distancing yourself from that because there are so many people on this planet who will treat you right but if you're not willing to first treat yourself with respect it's going to be very difficult to find those people so get really good at saying no and realizing that So often we say yes because we fear that there's not going to be something better out there and I promise you there is always. So that starts with you saying no to the things that are um, keeping you small. And the last point is sleep. Sleep quality is so important for everything. Um, Also, I have an article on this. I think it's probably easiest if you go read that. But a few top tips are regular sleep wake cycles. Like don't you can't just have a different bedtime every night and expect your body to get deep sleep. We're really creatures of habit and when it comes to sleep and hormones and the hormones that are released, it's a cycle. Like your your body gets sleepy at a specific time based on when you normally go to sleep. And part of that is honoring your circadian rhythm which is influenced a lot by light Um, ideally you want to be exposing your eyes and your face to daylight as soon as the sun is up whether it's winter or summer the daylight actually triggers a hormonal response and it also does that at night time so when the sun sets if you can be outside or at least have The awareness that the day is shifting from light to dark it helps shift your circadian rhythm into sleep mode and then avoiding screens and artificial light after that is so important which can be super difficult in the society that we live in because in this like materialistic consumer driven society we work often we start our days before the sun rises and we end them way after the sun sets and that is not optimal for sleep so if you have to look at screens and if you have to be in an environment that's lit with blue light which is just generally artificial light investing in blue light blockers is great so if you're in a work environment there are clear type of blue light blockers that don't look insane because the real ones are red tinted or orange tinted if you are shameless and are willing to do that in public, please go for it. Um, there's also apps on your computer that you can install. Mine is called Iris and there's a bunch of different modes uh, like dark. I keep mine on dark throughout the day, night and day. Um, that really helps filter out the blue light from the screen. And then once you're home, opting for natural light. So salt lamps is what i use um it's a pink himalayan salt lamp the bulb inside is weak and then it's filtered through the pink light so you're not actually getting the harsh blue light and yeah avoiding screens after after sunset um i'll link to a blue light blocker glasses company that i like and i'll also link to um, a few apps that you can download. There's, there's hacks for your phone as well that you can shift the, the light response. You can even take off all the blue light by tinting your screen red. Um, also avoiding electronics in the bedroom, like keep your sleeping quarters sacred. Turning off all electronics, turning your phone off, keep it on airplane mode while you sleep and turning off the wi-fi is also very important the next question um, is can you talk about your caffeine slash slash exercise shift and i'll give a bit of background first i share quite a lot on instagram about um, my daily life i guess Um, in particular my habits I've been quite open about my relationship to caffeine and exercise. As someone who has been operating in her yang, which is the masculine, it's the fire, it's the achieve and the do, it's the doing really, as opposed to just the being. Um, I've been operating in my masculine for... for probably 15 years, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like, I have always been a, like, go-getter and an achiever and very energetic and outgoing and active. And I got away with it for a very long time. I... Was very heavily reliant reliant on caffeine for many many years as well, not from initially a place of necessity. I started consuming caffeine in university to get through study sessions, which were really more cramming sessions because I was mostly partying um, at university and having to like cram study sesh prior to exams and deadlines. Um, And then, after introducing caffeine in that sense, it became uh, a total addiction to the high because caffeine is a drug and the high is addictive. It's fun. Like, it's fun to feel that rush. It, you know, it just kind of makes you feel alive. It's so similar to drugs and partying, it gives you that, like, I don't know, adrenaline kick. It feels good. And so it took many years. Actually, I'm about to interview one of my favorite people on the podcast. His name is Jason Kristoff. He's a total truth seeker and Jedi and amazing human. And he is the person that said the sentence that completely clicked for me about coffee is um, caffeine in general is that when you stop caffeine, you get to know the real you. And it really shifted something inside of me that over the years has led me to quit coffee. Uh, I've written extensively about that as well. There's an article called The Caffeine Cult. And then over time, I took breaks from caffeine. I would do a month off uh, at a time. And more recently, I have found that cycling it Um, mindfully so I don't consume coffee anymore ever but I will consume tea cycling on and off depending where I'm at in my menstrual cycle so there are four phases of the cycle follicular um, ovulation your ovulatory phase Um, the luteal phase which is after you ovulate until you menstruate and then the menstrual phase and during my luteal phase and my menstrual phase, I have completely cut out caffeine and exercise apart from like gentle walking and stretching. Um, coming from someone who knew me before this, it's like shocker of the century because I was lifting heavy weights like six or seven days a week, um, like gym every day, caffeinating before exercise every day just super in my masculine and recently in the past two months actually i've quit lifting heavy things altogether i haven't even been cycling that at all i'm really trying to lean into my feminine and honor the feminine and rest and what is the question again? I guess just speaking about it. It's completely changed my entire life. It's it's changed the type of men that I attract in my life, like romantically. It has enabled me to connect with my feminine intuition in ways that I never have in the past. It has, it, it's been a, uh, a big struggle in many ways because I've I have subconscious um I guess fears I don't even know if they're really fears like there's clinging to this uh, old way of operating um but this old way of operating is running me into the ground it was running me into the ground and I think it's running many women into the ground because, women are essentially the only ones that really deal with adrenal fatigue like deep hormonal imbalances like we're trying to do too much and mainstream feminism is telling us that we can do everything that men can do and we should do everything that men can do and we can do it all we can be the ceo and we can be the mom but the reality is that we're doing it at a cost and it's at the cost of our health and of our happiness in the long run and so i just think it's important to tune in and see where you're at and be really real with yourself about your ability to do it all and at what cost so for me the it's taken years because there's such a clinging to the to the to the masculine of like i can do everything and you know the high of caffeine and the rush the endorphin rush that you get by doing intense exercise almost every day of the week um it's not honoring the feminine and the feminine is so powerful and it is so strong but it operates at a different frequency than the masculine does and so shifting that awareness into realizing that softening is just as powerful but it's a different type of power yeah it requires work and it's pretty humbling and all i can suggest if you're interested in learning more is to first get to know your menstrual cycle because honoring your cyclical needs is very much rooted in the the cyclical flow of your cycle And taking baby steps, like cut caffeine out three days prior to and during your menstrual cycle is a massive start. Um, Intuition kind of flows from those decisions. So doing little things that you think are manageable as shifts. Um, Had I told myself five years ago that I would be taking two months off of exercise, I probably would have spontaneously combusted because I was so addicted to that lifestyle that I thought there was no other way um but as I took baby steps and made small shifts it the the awareness just like it was like the floodgates opened and I realized how much I was damaging my body in the long run so make a shift that seems reasonable for you if it's one day less of intense exercise, uh, if it's doing, you know, a more gentle yoga instead of your regular, like do a yin instead of a vinyasa, um, if it's cutting out one day of CrossFit and going for a long walk instead, like you'll reach a point where you're so in tune with your body that on about five days of the month, I don't even walk uphill. Like I'm so aware of my heart rate when i'm exercising or moving my body that those two days prior and like two days or three days of my menstrual cycle when it starts i won't even walk uphill because i'm so aware that my body doesn't want to be doing it anyways i think that's enough um hopefully that answered your question get to know your body and honor it because you're robbing your future self of health and happiness otherwise. The next question is tampons, pads, or menstrual cups and why? This is obviously super individual. It totally depends on your lifestyle and what works for you. Um, If you're going to use tampons or pads super important that they're 100 organic and free from scents and dyes and colors and all that kind of stuff um because conventional cotton is like a breeding ground of glyphosate because cotton is grown um full of herbicides and pesticides it's like you do not want to be putting that kind of cotton anywhere near your reproductive parts. Um, Non-negotiable. So go organic if you're going to use a tampon or a pad. Um, Personally, I love menstrual cups. I just think I've... When did I start using them? We're in 2020 now. I started using them in 2014. 2014. And I actually only just got my second cup a few months ago, a month ago. So I used the first cup for six years and I could have continued to use it, but it just was getting a bit discolored and I realized I should just invest in a new one. So they're not cheap when you think of like buying a box of tampons is like, 10 bucks and buying a cup can be about 45 to 55 dollars but you're using it for six years like i did not put a tampon in for that many years and so it's totally a return on your investment and more so i find it fascinating and incredible to connect with your blood in that way because When you're bleeding into something like a tampon or a pad, there's no awareness of the quality of your blood, the quantity of your blood, um, the color really of your blood, which is all fantastic information for your health. Um, There's so much information in books and online. A great resource is Alyssa Vitti. She writes, she has two books, and she goes into uh, blood quality there's there's an incredible feminine reproductive health um, teachers like jolene brighton um a friend chloe scurlack she has a website too there's just so many people that will explain to you what your menstrual blood should look like when you're healthy um the consistency the color even the smell like you really get to know your body and having it in the cup you just it's like it's right there for you you get to know um yeah you get to know it so that to me has been very cool you can also get into more esoteric stuff like blood rituals and Julia Allen is a great resource if you want to delve into that world you can also dilute it heavily and give it to your plants because blood is mineral rich and Your plants will love it. Um, What else with this question? I don't use menstrual underwear. I've heard great things. Um, I'm just not that drawn to it. So I haven't done that yet. But yeah, I think that's it for this question. Last question for today is... uh, Three things you would do to embark on a journey of self-love/slash knowing your worth. Um, I'll just give the three things that come off the top of my head. One would be spend more time alone. Um, self-worth is cultivated by yourself. There's no no one else can can feed it to you, and I think that when we're surrounded by people too often. It can be very difficult to isolate our worth as being intrinsic and not judge ourselves based on how other people are treating us and perceiving us, and then put too much emphasis on how we operate, what we say, what we do, um, to get the kind of reaction we want from people. So spend more time alone. Um, and in nature ideally because it's nature is the ultimate tuning fork like we are nature and so when we're distracting ourselves it kind of does the same thing um with screens with even with music with podcasts with books like try spending more time alone in nature just by yourself and observe your thoughts um you can listen to my podcast from last week with Geraldine if you haven't. She talks about invite inviting in all the guests of your uh, mind, and really observing and honoring every part of you. And self love, it's loving all of you, all of you. So it's not suppressing the parts that you're ashamed of. It's welcoming everything in and getting to know why it's there, and yeah, letting that be the catalyst for healing. Um, the second point would be to forgive everyone. Everyone. So no matter what you feel has been done to you at the end of the day, when you harbor resentment, um, the only person you're harming is yourself. Um, Marcus Aurelius's meditations book is beautiful to really understand that. He drives that point home over and over that your mind is always free and nobody can cause you pain because your mind is above like your soul resides above the dilute the duality of right and wrong so if you can tap up into that space you'll realize that even if someone harms your physical body that you are always free as your higher self so forgiving other people forgiving yourself forgiveness is like a a base awareness you need to have um, on their journey to self-love and self-worth because if you can't forgive other people, uh, it's going to be really hard to love yourself because we all have a shadow and we all have darkness and we all have bad thoughts. We all do bad things. Um, So forgiving other people actually is a gift of forgiveness towards yourself because as above, so below. And the third... I think just spend more time naked. Yeah. We get really good at covering ourselves up. As women, we're always sucking it in and holding in our stomachs and wanting to show people our good side and our good angles. And so spend more time naked. When you're home alone, just be naked. if you can if you live by a beach, sunbathe naked if you can be in a place that allows you to do that for me that has just been transformative is spending more time naked and really learning to love every inch of my body it's always going to be a work in progress but the more you the more you do it the more you can start to shift the narrative in your subconscious Um, the more you cover up the more you hide from your the totality of yourself the harder it is going to be to to love every inch of you and realizing that like your physical body is it's just the thing that you're riding through this life it's not who you are um you are a soul having a human experience and so yeah the physical body is just like this impermanent thing that comes and goes but learning to love it does play a crucial role in loving your your whole self so spend more time naked and just that alone you become way more comfortable in yourself so do that okay that's it uh we're at 50 minutes and i feel like that is a good place to stop I hope that some of this resonated or inspires you or planted a seed that maybe you will harvest many years in the future. Um, Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye.